Good morning. Welcome to Cross Point Alliance Church online service. It's March 29th, and we're glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, being the church is more than just a sermon and some songs. It's an opportunity for us to gather together and be in each other's lives. And now more than ever, that's a challenge to us, but it's one we're willing to take because we know the value of relationship. So we're glad that you're with us. Feel free to share this video with friends and family and be a part of the greater community that is the church. You're going to have an opportunity this morning to not just hear from me, but hear from some of our other leaders as they present different parts of our service. You'll get to see more than, more than just uh, my face, but you'll get to see the church serving together and being a part of this. This morning, I'm going to start us out with a word of prayer as we welcome the presence of God into our midst. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be the church, even in this new environment, this new way of doing things. Because we know that when we come together, even if it's in different living rooms, that we're coming together in your presence. And we are here to worship you. We are here to serve you. We are here to exalt your name. Because you are the one true God, the living God, in whom we can depend. And we put our trust in you this morning, knowing that you are the only answer. You are the one that is sovereign over us. And we thank you, Jesus, that we can be together. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in this online format, we don't have live music, but there's a Spotify playlist that's attached to this video. And if you haven't already uh, opened that up, feel free to open up that playlist and spend some time in worship after this service. And uh, we look forward to being together. Now I'll introduce uh, some of our leaders to you as they share different parts of the service. Hi, Crosspoint. I sure do miss you guys. I wanted to talk to you about the hulls and tell you what's going on with them in Montevideo and the whole Uruguay team. So they're pretty much in the same situation that we are. They are at home, they're quarantined or um, yeah, basically quarantined. And the kids are at home doing homeschool just like we are in the States. And um, what's really cool though, is that Jimmy and Timbrel were telling me that they have had more opportunity through this um, through this quarantine and coronavirus to really reach out to people and that Timbrel actually led a, a nurse at the British Hospital to the Lord over the phone the other day. So they've been on the phone, they've been on WhatsApp sending messages and really communicating with people one-on-one -on -one and have been making huge impact that way. So it's almost unbelievable how the Lord is using this coronavirus pandemic to further his kingdom. So that's been really cool for them. The, uh, the team, obviously, I talked to Jimmy and Timbrel, whose kids are school age. Uh, several of the people on the team have toddlers and um, young, young kids. And so we just need to be praying for all of them as they are sequestered right now away from their team and having to rework their ministry. Timbrel also mentioned one thing that we, they need prayer for is they need uh, funding for some of their projects for later in the year. 
things that are going forward but that are not completely funded and she said i know this is the worst timing ever because people are losing their jobs getting less hours whatever but if we are able to give more to them that would help them out so much and relieve some of the concern the financial concerns that they have so Kat Howard, I have not had a chance to talk to, but Pastor Drew has. I messaged her, but have not heard back. I do know that she is back in the States and things have pretty much just come to a grinding halt for her ministry wise. So we just need to be praying for her. I'm sure there's a lot of discouragement and anxiety over her um, foundation that she founded, the Eagles Foundation and the direction that she's going to go with that. Um, but she's in the same boat as a lot of us and not knowing where this thing is going to go. So we just need to continue to pray for Kat. And um, so I just ask that you would jot these requests down and pray for them throughout the week. And it's good to talk to you. I guess we will be seeing you when we see you. Talk to you soon. Hey, Cross Point. This is Eric Welch. I'm elder here, and just uh, wanted to give a a uh, update of our tithes and offerings. This is our tithes and offerings time, time where we reflect on God's goodness, and also uh, remind ourselves of our complete reliance upon Him. Uh, tithes and offerings continue to to uh, come in, and I want to thank everybody for their generosity and and continuing to to take care of that and and uh, be generous givers. As, a, as God's called us to be. Uh, something to celebrate in February, we were able to give away for our cross point on mission uh, over $1,200 and that included the Great Commission Fund, Hope Street Pantry, and that's all due to your generous giving. Uh, as we uh, thank the Lord for his provision for us, uh, we wanna keep in mind that, that there are those of us and our friends and neighbors and, and maybe even family that are continue that may be going through some difficult time and, and we have a fund in our church that is available um, for you to give to as well the benevolence fund and I just want to throw that plug out there um, if you find get God's leading you, your heart to give to the benevolence fund please do that you can do that online at our website uh, where or at the church center app um, where you also give the tithes and offerings so with that said if you could bow your heads, let's pray and thank the Lord for his provision. Father, we thank you that uh, you're the one who provides for all our needs. Uh, you are the one who takes care of us, Father. Uh, we are in your hands. And Lord, um, you've asked us to be generous givers. And Lord, so we're, we're, we, we give not because uh, we, we feel like we have to, but Lord, we give because we know that you are, we are in your hands. We give that because you are the one who provides for us and lord we want to be disciples of your son jesus christ and he was a giver and so lord we we uh we pray that the use these tithes and offerings lord the benevolence fund those who give the, those funds for the hope street pantry lord allow us to continue as a church to be a light in the community that you set us because you are good lord and we want to expand your kingdom here in jesus name we pray
This is Leanne to remind all of our families that Crosspoint Kids, there's a special video for you each week, uploaded on our YouTube page and our Facebook page, for you to gather your family and to study the word together and to make them dance and play games with you as well. Good morning, Crosspoint. I know you guys have missed me, but here I am giving you guys the announcements for this week. So I just want to remind you guys that we know that everyone's trying to stay connected from their home. We're using a lot of new technology. Um, we highly recommend that you use what we call Zoom. And Zoom is just a free video chat that you can access on your computer or from your phone. And you don't need an account um, to join a meeting that's already going on. So if you need help, please let us know and we'll be happy to get you signed up. Just to remind you for the next announcement is that our Thursday night Hope community, we are all meeting by Zoom, so you can definitely catch us there. You know the right group, whoop whoop, party all the time. Um, Friday night, they're meeting by conference call over the phone if that also works for you. Let us know what you need from us so we can get you connected. Also, our youth group, the youth, <laughs> they're meeting on Zooms Wednesday night at 6 p.m., but also watching the Instagram page, and it's X-P-T-U-T-H for games and challenges through the week. Again, that Instagram page is X-P-T-U-T-H. Our next announcement, just to let you guys know that we are also doing a noon day prayer and connection at 1230 Monday through Saturday, also by Zoom. So if you have the opportunity to download Zoom, Zoom, you can also join in on the prayers with us. Um, the next announcement is if you guys need anything, please share any needs that you may have. Um, or if anyone that you know that needs something, um, let us know. We want to help each other out. Um, groceries, toilet paper, prayer, encouragement, whatever it is that you need. Make sure that you stay connected with us so we can make sure that we can provide those resources to you. That whatever that you need, if we have it, we'll be more than happy to, to share it with you. Also, um, for our last announcement, I just want to remind you guys to keep checking on the church newsletter and emails from the church for other opportunities to serve our community and to get connected with one another. Also, don't forget to utilize the church directory on the Church Center app to um, keep up with phone calls, send emails, maybe a card um, in the mail to someone else in our church this week. We want to know that we want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you and we greatly miss you. And I know that all of you miss me. Wasn't that a delight to hear from some other people and see some other faces? Now we come to the part of our service where we engage the Word of God. We're going to hear from the, the Word as Jesus speaks to us in, in the text. We've been doing this series called The Meal with Jesus, and probably now more than ever, this has just become comical that this is our, our, our sermon series. We're sharing a meal with Jesus. Well, fortunately, we can do that without necessarily being face-to-face, -face, but we're going to talk about some things this morning. This morning, our, our title is Enacting Hospitality. I'm going to remind you just kind of a little bit about the background of this series. The, the scriptures tell us that Jesus came, and a title that's used often and frequently is the Son of Man. He calls himself the Son of Man. Jesus came as the Son of Man. He came with a purpose. As the Son of Man, he came to seek and save the lost. 
and to offer himself as a ransom for many. He came to, to serve and not be served. Uh, he came from heaven. But the text also tells us that he came with a method of eating and drinking. And Luke, unlike any other gospel, shows us how Jesus had meals and spent time with other people. And used this as his means for spreading the gospel and sharing the good news about himself with other people. The good news about the kingdom. In fact, in, in Revelation 3.20, it tells us, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. I look forward to the day that we're able to do this again together. We're able to knock on each other's doors and come in and share a meal together. But Jesus is talking here in a figurative sense, in that he wants to come and share, share a meal with us in our hearts. But he's also talking about the final meal that is to come when he shares a meal with us as friends at the, at the great banquet at the end of days. As we talk about having a meal together, we think about breaking bread. We think about why we eat. That our eating is more than just nourishment, but it's about companionship. Companionship means, literally means bread together. And as we look at the ancient world and the world that Jesus was in, we have to understand that meals were an act of hospitality. And the word hospitality means the care of strangers. They always needed to have at least enough food and supplies to care for someone for three days. Somebody, anybody from any Jewish person could come to their door and knock on their door and say, I need a place to stay and they would have to open their door to them and let them in. But it was more than just this cultural sense of hospitality. Meals were a sign of creating deeper relationships and forging alliances and covenants depending on what took place at the meal. Often there were traditions and rituals within the meal that, and formalities that, that enabled them to, to form these alliances, to form these covenants. And often meals had a deeper meaning, more than just hospitality. Meals were an opportunity and are an opportunity for us to gauge, engage in relationship with God. And even for us to say grace and offer thanksgiving. In this day, we are become quite familiar with this idea of social distancing. But the idea of social distancing it's meant to avoid interaction with others for their protection, right? That's how we've come to understand it. My question to you this morning is, what is being lost in that? As we keep ourselves from other people and we distance ourselves socially, what it cuts off is our ability to have deeper relationships. As we were talking in one of our Hope communities earlier this week, someone brought up this astounding thought. This pandemic is unveiling the real quality of our relationships with family, with friends, with our neighbors, and even with God. As you think about that and you look at how are you now interacting, is it, is it clear to you that maybe some of the relationships you thought were closer don't seem as close right now? Maybe even inside your own home with your own family. Uh, there was a joke early on about now that sports are off the air, a husband is looking at 
at the woman sitting on the other end of the couch. She seems nice. But what's behind that is the husband didn't really know his wife because he's been so wrapped up in sports. This was meant as a joke, but the reality is there are people in our households that we don't know. We've been consumed with work. We've been consumed with other responsibilities, other hobbies, other interests. But now is an opportunity for us to move past the quality of relationships that we've really been experiencing and seeing what we're left with and maybe having something deeper. You see, there's a difference between the relational responsibility that comes with social distancing and the relational or social isolation that comes from social distancing. We can be responsible and not carry our germs to other people around us. But if we allow what's going on in the world to keep us from having what's most important in life, other relationships, then we're kind of missing kind of the point of living in the first place. When we're out and we see people, we're out walking our dog, we go to the store, we go to the post office, whatever that essential thing is that actually allows you to leave your home and go out into the world these days, the least we can do is offer friendliness at a distance. But is it possible that maybe God has more for us in this? Maybe this is an opportunity for us to engage socially? A lot of us don't engage socially on the day-to-day because we're afraid of the other person, we're afraid of our own thoughts and our own insecurities, and we don't engage people. But now you've got this built-in barrier that allows you to have a little bit of distance. That physical distance actually offers the ability to be hospitable in a way that you've never been before. And that hospitality can lead to deeper relationships. Maybe without some of the trying to figure out what small talk to have or trying to figure out what to talk about. We all have something in common, but let's not leave our conversation just at that. Let's really find out how people are doing. Let's not take I'm fine or we're doing okay as the answer for what's really going on. People's fears, their insecurities, their uncertainties are at the surface in a way they haven't been in probably many years. And they're beginning to realize how little they have. As Christians, this is an opportunity for us. And as we talk more through the text this morning, I hope that you can see how God might be calling you to more, not less, when it comes to social interactions. The text we're looking at this morning is Luke 10, and all of Luke 10 is about hospitality. But we're going to start at the end and work our way back through. Luke 10, 38-41 says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Tell her then to stop me. Uh, Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which I will not take from her. Wow. What a statement. 
As we look at this statement, maybe this is a passage or a story that you're familiar with. You've heard about Mary and Martha. And a lot of times Martha gets the short end of the stick. But Martha was doing something that was, to her, the greatest sense of responsibility when you were being hospitable. When you were having somebody into your home. And she was only expecting Mary to help her with that. Now, I heard earlier this week, uh, yesterday in fact, uh, a, a letter that uh, was shared of a woman who was engaging this passage of scripture. And her, she said in the letter that every time she'd read it before, she'd heard it before, she saw Jesus rebuking Martha. But this time as she read it, she realized Jesus wasn't rebuking Martha. He was reaching out to her with compassion and care. As though she were a long way off, he called to her twice, Martha, Martha. And as she focused in on what he was saying, he reminded her of what was really important about being hospitable. It's not the work. It's not making sure that that person has all the physical needs met. But it's about meeting them face to face and being in their presence. And this is what Mary had chosen to do. She hadn't given up her responsibility to be hospitable. Instead, she was being hospitable by showing her attention to the person that was in her presence. So we look back into the chapter. We see Luke chapter 10 at the beginning, the first nine verses. And it tells us that Jesus appointed 72 people, 72 disciples, and sent them out ahead of him. As Jesus is going around the country on his tour of preaching the gospel and sharing what the kingdom of heaven is or the kingdom of God is, he sent out some emissaries, some people ahead of him, to preach as well. Almost like he's the main event and he's sending out people to warm up the crowds. Uh, this might be a, a modern interpretation of this, but this is in essence what he was doing. He sent him out two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And this is what he tells them to do. He said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they will provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. We look at this. It's almost like a reverse hospitality. They're taking the kingdom of God to these people, but they're allowing these people to open their homes to them and invite them in. When they come into the house, they're being offered, the, the host is being offered peace. In fact, it was common in that day that peace would be offered. Shalom was a greeting that was common understood. But here's the thing that Jesus told them to look for, was that greeting received. What he's having them do is he's actually having them welcome the host of the home into the hospitality of peace 
that the guest is offering to them. What a way of really offering hospitality. In that sense, whether you're the one opening the home and offering peace, or you're the one who, are, who is receiving peace as you open up your home, both people are offering hospitality. It goes beyond that because not only are they walking into these people's homes, but in faith, they are praying prayers that heal the sick. In faith, they are offering the kingdom to the people who are opening their doors. How do we do this in an age where we aren't even allowed in each other's homes? Or at least that seems to be the case. Do we trust the kingdom of God in us enough that we're willing to walk into other people's homes? That God's healing balm that has been placed on us in the Holy Spirit is enough that we can risk our own health for the sake of those that need the kingdom of God. I'm not going to suggest that you do this, but I think it's something we need to ask ourselves and pray to God because I believe as this continues on, there might be times where this Holy Spirit asks us to risk in order for him to do his work in other people's lives. As I mentioned earlier, there's two types of hospitality here in Luke 10 happening. There's the cultural expectation of hospitality that's based solely on providing for physical needs. This was Martha's focus. And then there's the kind that provides for the soul and the spirit of a person in your presence. This is what Jesus and Mary were practicing. This is the kind of hospitality Jesus was telling the disciples that went out in his name to practice, even as they were receiving the hospitality of their physical needs. You see, Jesus wasn't negating what Martha was doing, her desire to serve, her desire to be hospitable. He didn't need to do that. What he was saying is Martha's hospitality needed to leave to Mary's hospitality. That sense of what Martha was doing and caring for the physical needs, which frankly any of us can still do for those around us, always needs to lead to the care of their spiritual and, and soul needs, their relational needs. We can serve people emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually because their needs are empty. Their needs aren't being filled, I should say. Their needs for intimacy, their needs for community, their needs for relationship, their needs for healing. They need to be met, and we have the unique opportunity to do so in these days. We need both kinds of hospitality. Even when we move beyond this COVID-19, God is still going to call us to hospitality. And people are probably still going to be suspicious. All throughout the Gospels and the book of Acts, we see Jesus and his disciples touching people who no one else wanted to touch. Touching the poor, touching the lepers, touching people that had bleeding and, and were lame people that no one else wanted to interact with. And Jesus always touched them. Jesus always stepped past the barrier that was there to interact with them on a deeper level. 
Jesus wants us to see that being hospitable is more than just setting a nice table and having some people over for a party. Being hospitable is meeting people where they're at. There's this concept in psychology and in uh, chaplaincy, uh, as I learned as a chaplain, it's called holding space. And uh, there's some things about holding space from a secular perspective that just does not work in accordance with the Bible. But there's a lot that does make sense. So what's holding space from a biblical perspective? Well, it's a willingness to walk alongside someone for the portion of the journey you walk together. That might mean that you keep six feet of distance between you, but you're still walking together along the journey. But more importantly, it's creating space for others to encounter the presence of Jesus. Now there's a caveat to this. Are you encountering the presence of Jesus on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis? How often are you interacting with the presence of God? Because if you're not interacting with the presence of God, it makes it very difficult for you to hold space for the presence of God to fill so that others can encounter him. The third aspect of this is that while being present to your own soul, your own feelings, your own desires, your own thoughts, your own will, it's the process of witnessing and validating someone else's soul without judging them, without making them feel inadequate, without trying to fix them, or forcing an outcome. When you're interacting with people, how often do you take the stance of listening and allowing them to speak their hearts and their souls to you so that you can then bring Jesus to them and his words of comfort, his words of reminder, his words of blessing can be given to them. Not words that need correction. Even in Jesus meeting with Martha, he wasn't so much correcting her as he was guiding her to what she needed most. The thing that would alleviate her insecurities, her anxieties, her need for control. As we think about holding space, we look further into Luke chapter 10 and we see the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan in many ways is an illustration of hospitality. In fact, the whole story is centered around a Levite, a scribe, who's asking Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, well, what do you say it is? And the scribe says, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as himself. But then to justify himself, the scribe says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of a Samaritan who knows how to be hospitable. When we love our neighbors well, the first thing we do is show them hospitality. We open our lives up to them. We put ourselves at risk for their sake. Being people of peace ourselves, hopefully we welcome them, we serve them, we support them, we listen to them with genuine interests. And we see the Samaritan doing all these things. Although the last one is maybe less obvious. 
This is in stark contrast to the priest and the Levite who completely ignore the man on the road and pass him by. This man loves his neighbor well. This man, the Samaritan, shows hospitality. How do we then provide hospitality at six feet apart? Because frankly, this is the only way we can do it and abide by the state regulations, by the country regulations, the stay-at-home order in place across much of our nation, we are exempt from hack practicing hospitality. We just need to reframe what it looks like. In fact, staying at home is practicing hospitality because we aren't intentionally spreading the disease to other people. However, there are two other ways to consider practicing hospitality during this time. The first thing is really healing prayer. We can intercede for those that are sick. We can intercede for our medical professionals and those that are in public service like police officers, firefighters, EMTs, so on and so forth. Those in government. We can pray for their protection. We can pray for their healing if they're sick. And particularly for those that we know, we can pray for healing. Jesus may have touched people and at some point he may ask you to do that. But without him asking you to do that, you can still pray from six feet apart. If you have a neighbor that you know is sick, if you have a coworker that you know is sick, you can call them up. You can pray for them. You can go knock on their door, take six steps back and pray for them if they'll allow you to. But we have to believe that the healing power of Jesus is still good for today. He sent out the disciples and trained them how to pray for healing. He didn't do that if he didn't intend for them to continue to do so and for them to pass that on for future generations. We are meant to still pray for healing. But even along with this, the other thing is checking on our neighbors at six feet apart. As I was going through a neighborhood in South Charlotte earlier this week in Brookhaven, I noticed that many homes along the neighborhood route that I was taking, there were people standing out in their driveways, six to 10 feet apart from each other, but they were sharing their lives together. I noticed as I walk around my apartment complex, there are those that are friendly and wave and say hello, and there are those that completely avoid. I still have an opportunity to bless them with friendliness and see where it goes from there. I can hold space for them, whether they engage it or not, and still keep physical distance while being socially engaged. Now more than ever is our opportunity to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and who he is as healer, who he is as savior, who he is as sanctifier, who he is as coming king, and present the full gospel of Jesus. That all of Jesus is for all the world, no matter the time, no matter the situation, Jesus remains Jesus. Will I take him to my neighbors with every opportunity I get? Jesus tells us in Luke 10 verse 16, the one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me.
We don't need to worry about rejection. Because those that are rejecting us aren't rejecting us. They're rejecting Jesus in us. And if they're rejecting Jesus, then they're rejecting the Heavenly Father who stands with arms open for them. So what? The table of Jesus is welcome to all who will sit at it, whether that's physically or virtually. We can't do our work of pointing people to Jesus unless we are willing to take the initiative to create and hold space for Jesus' presence to fill. We can hold space in the name of Jesus for other people, even in this time of social distancing. His arms are open without a six-foot buffer. Our role is simply to invite Jesus into every moment of connection so that others can encounter him and receive his peace, joy, hope, and love. Now what? Let me leave some questions with you for you to ponder and think on. Maybe you have some questions of your own that you want to ask after hearing this sermon. Feel free to private message or put those comments down in the those questions down in the comment section. But here are the questions I have for you. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart? Where has fear set in because of this pandemic? Where have we given into social isolation intentionally or unintentionally? Will you bridge the gap and hold space for others to encounter Jesus and enjoy deep relationships? And lastly, will we trust God to heal our nation and world? Thus, turning, our, turning to him who stands with open arms so that he can carry our burdens and diseases. A meal with Jesus enacts hospitality. I am bringing you the benediction for today. It is from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. You are dismissed.